Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. Welcome to this podcast and uh, really excited to, to bring this information to you. I, I think this is a game changer. Um, really understanding how to run a business really, really well. Uh, and, and I really want to start off uh, by, by just talking about some of the challenges that farmers have, Greg, when it comes to running a farm and, and the owner being responsible for everything. Um, so typically... You've got the, the owner of a farming business and they're, they're caught up being really, really busy. There, there's so many things to do in running a great business, as everyone can imagine. And, and um, what, what we often see, not just in, in farmers, but, but in people that run businesses, is it's almost like you've got the foot on the accelerator, the wheels are spinning, but often you're not really moving anywhere. I'm not sure if you've ever had that experience of you're flat out and then you get to the end of the year and you really look, look back and you think that there's not really much to show for all the effort and all the energy that you, you put into running your business. And this is, this is can be very typical um, from a farmer's perspective, correct, Greg, that you see, is, that, is the farmer's so busy that often there's not really that much to show for it. Yes, uh, good day, everybody. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, it's, uh, you know, it's a common situation. It's... Uh, there's a lot to do and, and, and it is very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day activities of the farm and, and, and just to keep those running and, and lose focus on what the bigger picture is and, and moving the business forward towards what your strategic vision is for the future. Absolutely. So I'm um, really, really excited because we're going we're gonna to educate you today in this podcast how to make more sense of this and how you can actually feel more in control um, and, and really start bridging and building a team to support you, fulfil your goals. Um, and, and it really isn't about being the hardest worker. Um, Greg, again, how easy is it getting trapped into the mentality that in order to get ahead, I've just got to work harder? Yep, it's, a common, it's common for all business owners, I think, is that the, the thought that you know, the only way to, to, to go forward is to, is to work harder. And, and obviously, that, you know, there's, a, there's a limit to how many hours you can put in in a day, how, many, how much work you can do. And as you get older, um, that limit... Uh, Decreases, so you know it, it's a it's a fundamental problem with with pretty well all businesses that are small businesses are run by one or two people. Absolutely. So I'm going to break this into a couple of different parts, and the first area that I want to talk about on this podcast is, is comparing your farm like you're running a AFL team, a professional AFL team. And just for a moment, I want you to imagine that you're the the manager, uh, you're the owner and you're the, the coach of an AFL team. And so, Greg, I mean, just, just looking at it from the owner's point of view and, and the, the, the manager's point of view, um, the, the person that's got to really run this whole thing like a business, um, I mean, just to tap into your, your thoughts here, what are some of the things that, this, that, that those two roles are responsible for? Well, the, I mean, the owner, the owner of any business has the objective, I guess, of, of making money, of, of making a profit, of, of um, you know, seeing the money that they've invested in their business return, a, a decent return, um, certainly a return that's commensurate with what they could be getting if they had that money invested somewhere else. And, and you know, with a view to using the returns that come from their 
uh, from that investment in their business uh, for longer term, you know, wealth creation strategies they might have, things they want to do with their life and and for their family and and all the rest of it. So you know, prepare for retirement and you know, trips away and all sorts of things that they might want to do to um, fulfil their their life. So that's the ultimate the ultimate aim of a business owner is to is to really make a make us you know a decent profit, a decent return on the the capital they've got invested in in any business. Absolutely. So. Let's just drill down a little bit, and we're going to come back to what you just said very shortly, but we've also got a, a, a team manager, um, and we've got the, the team coach, but what are some of the responsibilities of those two roles um, in, when it comes to performing and, and running a great AFL team? So the manager's responsibility is really to act on behalf of the owners to ensure that that the, um, the strategic directions for the business are followed and, and, and that the outcomes um, that the owners require, so in other words, the profitable, you know, the, the profitable um, outcomes for the year are, are um, as much as possible delivered. So that they they're responsible for overviewing the whole business and the day to day operations of the business and making sure that everything happens in a way that is likely to pre- um, present um, or produce a profitable outcome for the owners. Absolutely. And so, if we step down a little bit now to the coach's role, um, what what does their role become? So the coach's role really is the the um, the role of, of working with the individual players in a, in a team to to make sure that he's getting the best out of individual players that he's that they're delivering um, what they're supposed to deliver for the team um, that they're playing in their right positions that they're fit and ready to go and and uh, you know they've got the right mindset to play at their best and deliver to the best of their ability um, what they can to um, to the team so that the whole team that the team as a whole functions as a great unit and, and delivers the hopefully a successful outcome for um, in this case for the AFL team yeah and, and just for a moment Greg um, and, and we're going to really tie this back to running a great farming enterprise because there's, there's so many synergies here that are hidden and, and I think this is a great metaphor to understand it but if you were to float above for a moment a field an AFL field and you're going to look down um, I mean just for those that know AFL this this will be simple for you but for those that don't really understand AFL can you just maybe describe um, some of the positions that, that you need to have on your field as, as a coach um, to, to uh, well, actually even before that what's the objective that the coach has of that particular team week in week out well the objective is to win I mean the objective is to win win enough games to get into the finals and then and then you know hopefully progress through to, uh, to win the grand final I mean in the end you know the end game here is um, is is all about success because because AFL teams know that success uh, off the, on the field means success success off the field. You know the yeah. successful teams attract supporters. Supporters pay money to to be members of the team and and support the team through merchandise purchases and so forth. So it, it, success on the field adds up to success off the field from a financial perspective generally. Yeah, right. So. So all of a sudden now you're looking down on the field. So so you're let's let's assume you're at thirty thousand feet. You're looking down on the field. Um, what do you see? Well, it's, some people will say it's looking pretty chaotic these days in, in <laughs> AFL, but uh, yeah. because the, the game has changed enormously over the years. Yeah. But but principally, you've got you know you, you've got you've got uh, players who are, are responsible for 
uh, scoring, so they, they, you know, they will principally pay, play in the front half of the of the oval and and be responsible for attack. I mean, they also have um, roles in defence to make sure that um, you know the ball is not is not uh, moved out of uh, out of the attacking zone too quickly and and too easily. But but you know their principal role is to is to be kicking the goals, to be making sure that they're scoring. You've got the midfielders who who are you know all over the ground. They have roles in in both defence and in attack. Um, and then you have the, the defenders who, who who have a the key responsibility for defending the the, the back half of the field and, and making sure that um, they they keep a, a structure and a a zone I suppose uh, that um, makes the it hard for the opposition team to move the ball um, through the the um, the defensive shield or ring that they put up and 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 through and pass them to um, yeah, make it difficult for them to score. So you know whilst um, the AFL game has changed a lot and the, and there's not really the same sort of fixed positions that there were 30 years ago um, there still are those zones if you like and 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 you know and and um, understanding within the team of uh, of structural um, uh, structural positioning on the field so that you know the midfielders know that if the ball gets past them as it's coming out of defense that there's likely to be a, a zone of defenders behind them to uh, to control the play yeah and and so if a coach is monitoring the team and let's say you've got a, a defensive um, player that's constantly out of position and constantly um, playing up in the forwards, um, what might that coach say to this particular player? Well, I, I believe that there would be some probably fairly stern conversations around their role in the team and the fact that they're not actually fulfilling the role that they are, um, that they are employed or, or appointed to do. Yeah. And, and it's interesting here, correct as well, Greg, because is the coach on the field um, doing the role of the players, or, or, or really, um, let's even let's even expand a little bit more. And what what are some of the other responsibilities of the coach? In, in firstly, finding the right players, correct? Yeah. So the coaches has an integral part in in recruiting and, and making sure that you know that they they get the right players that that. Um, into the into the squad in the first place to to fill the deficiencies or to bolster the areas that they believe the um, the team is deficient in and and to, to to make sure that the unit as a whole is functioning at its best. I mean, we all know, I think um, intrinsically that um, you can have a team of champions or you can have a champion team, and you know it, it's it, AFL in particular because of the size of the teams. Um, you know, you, you can have fantastic players, individual players in a team, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the team will be successful because the because for AFL an AFL team to be successful, the team has to play as a whole team, and 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 everybody has to do their bit and do it um, to the best of their ability and 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 function. Um, really well, and, and in, in that way, um, the team uh, can be successful. And you know, the best teams often don't have um, necessarily a lot of individual champions. They just play really. Everyone understands their role and, and fulfills their role um, in a really successful way. Yeah, and 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 so you've got this dedicated person that's responsible for for placing those correct individuals and maybe, maybe doing a little bit of individual coaching to help them improve at their particular function. But then there's also this working on culture, correct, and working on on helping this unit play as a team. But ultimately, uh, also keeping them focused on on winning, as you said. Which, um, without winning and without succeeding, it's not going to keep the the shareholders happy um, and the owners happy. And, and you know, in some cases, these not not in all cases, but the owners um, get over these teams and they have to sell out, or someone else comes in, and then bang, they go through a huge restructure, and coaches leave and and it's interesting, though, Greg, because I mean, how many similarities are the same when it comes to running a business, and and how how often or 
do, do owners actually pull themselves out of the business and look down on, you know, what am I trying to obtain here? What are my goals and objectives here? Number one, what, what's, where, where am I going with this? And number two, who do I need on my field to support me on, in fulfilling that objective? And then number three, um, and, and you'd see this as well uh, in so many cases, in so many farming businesses, where you've got the, the, the owner of the business, Greg, and we're going to dive into this a bit deeper, but the owner of the business is, is not just um, the owner, they're not just the coach, but they're playing every position on the field. And they're, they're caught up and they're, they're all, and, and you'd agree with me that this is what causes the chaos because they're one minute they're right wing, next minute they're left wing, next minute they've got to be goalie, next minute they're in the attack seat. And, um, and then so that by trying to do everything, um, what, what do you think starts, starts happening? Well, it becomes very difficult, you know, that as, as the business expands uh, over time or, um, and complexity increases, which is what happens as businesses grow. Um, then you know it becomes harder and harder and harder to to play all the positions. Uh, you know the there's a limit to how much uh, time you can put in. There's a limit to how much physical f- energy you can expend. There's a limit to how much mental energy you can expend, and and it becomes extremely wearing over time to 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 wear all of the hats and and do them all successfully. And so inevitably, what I see is that some of the areas of the, of the business that are critical to success. Um, aren't done um, highly effectively, and and you know that, and, and if and if one if one of the key areas of a business is not done, uh, is not carried out um, in in a, a really effective way, then the whole business suffers. Just just as just as a, a an AFL team uh, does, if you know you you can have good a good play good group of players, but if the management is poor, if there are problems with um, with direction at the management level, um, or their problems with direction at the coaching level, then that affects the whole team, and, and you know the same thing happens in, a, in in business. Yeah, and Greg, typically what happens um, over time is the the owner or the the family business that they recognise they might have to hire someone, and they um, what do they typically do? Right, they, they 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 meet someone down at the local pub, or they put the word out, I want to hire someone. They find someone that might have a certain skill set, but maybe not the right skill set for what they're looking for. Let's say it's like um, an AFL team really needing a wing, but they, they meet the first person who's might be just a fantastic um, defense defensive, for example, and all of a sudden they put the wrong person into the business, but not only that, they, they put this poor person in, and they're like, oh, they've got to do a bit of everything. They've got to do a bit of every other position on the field. And there's there's no clarity around roles. There's no clarity around what they should do. There's no there's no set and concrete KPIs. Um, and and what do you see starts happening if if someone just wings it and they, they whack a team member in no job description, no clarity on role? Um, what what are some of the complications of that? Yeah. So often there's there's dissatisfaction from, on behalf of the of the worker. Um, they. They have no clear understanding of what it is that they've signed up for, or they believe they've signed up for a particular uh, set of uh, roles within the business, and find when they get there that it's, it's a completely different set of roles, and and they're you know they're doing things that they didn't expect to be doing, or that they don't really feel comfortable doing. For example, I mean, I know um, uh, somebody who advertised for a, a farmhand and and um, and and got got a guy to come and, and start working for them, and then announced. Few months later, that um, he'd be doing all the crutching while he was there, and that was never, you know, it was never a part of the job description, um, and you know, obviously caused 
in this situation quite a bit of angst and and that end up, the guy ended up leaving um so you know it cause can cause certain certainly can cause significant dissatisfaction on behalf of the worker it can also cause dissatisfaction on behalf of of the owner and or the employer because you know you you get somebody in expecting that they're going to be fulfilling the roles that you might have in your head that you might believe that they're that they are um are going to be fulfilling but you've never articulated that to um, the person, and um, and so when they are unable to or don't want to um, fill those roles, um, it causes disappointment, and and um, and often you know p- people are not um, uh, they get a bit jaded with um, their efforts to employ people because they just go about it really incorrectly. Yes, yes. So um, really, today I wanted to give you some 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 fantastic tools that's going to help you. Uh, move forward and, and make more sense of this and, and it really starts with um, pulling yourself out and, and coming at that 30,000 foot view and looking down on your business and one of the greatest things you can do uh, as, a, as an owner of a business is to get really good clarity on your organisational chart and I wanted to split this organisational chart really into three key areas we've got, we've got the owners, the shareholders we've got if you like the management team slash the coaches and then we've got the players um, that's going to be the simplest way for me to do this, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about each of these in turns, and I'm going to give you an overview as to what an organisational chart looks like in, and, and why I think it's so important for you to get out of the business and work on the business and uh, actually define your organisational chart. But Greg, I just wanted to start with the, with the role of the shareholder or the owner and the importance of separating that out. I mean, again, let's just bring it back. In, in the, the owner of a farm business, um, what's their desire... Or, or role within the business. Yep. So they're, generally, their role is to make sure that, or their, their desire is is for, you know, to, to be making a, a reasonable return on the on the money that they've got invested in the business. That's really what it's about. Great. And so, obviously, from the owner's perspective, they they need to be aware, correct, of, of how well their investments returning, correct? They, they need to be clear on the numbers, uh, the performance of the business, the profit and loss of the business, and and really, is is this business viable, or could I be smarter? applying this this money elsewhere absolutely absolutely great and and also greg um (laughs) typically in almost all farmers businesses the the owner is 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 also the manager and the worker correct and and how would you what advice would you give on on just being clear and 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 on, on separating these particular roles yeah, so this applies. I mean, it applies to all family businesses, and and you know, it becomes more of an issue when you have multiple family members involved in the business. But yeah. the the owner, the owners of the business, have a very distinct and different role and requirement of the business than do the people who work in the business. So, if you are the owner um, and you are also a worker in the business, then you know the, the responsibility of of the owner or the desire of the owner, as as we said, is to is to um, is to to see the investment that they have return a decent make a decent return for them, um, but the, the the responsibility of the manager that's uh, whoever that is in the business is to make sure that they they employ and the best people that they can and put them into the right roles within the business to make sure that they're as effective as they can be. So, when you have a family business a family um, a farming situation. Um, sometimes the the family members who are involved in the day to day running of the business are not necessarily the best people to be in, to be doing the things that they're doing. They're not necessarily the best people in the roles that they're put into. Um, and so, you know, I think always you should always think about the fact that as a family member in a business, you know, if you if you're going to be treating the business really 
properly, if you're an owner and a worker within the business, you, you should be able to be sacked. If, if you're not performing your job properly and to the and giving the best result for the business that's, that's going to uh, enable the business to function at its best, then really you should be able to be sacked, just like any other uh, person who would be employed into that position um, in, in, a, in a business. And uh, this is one of the biggest... It's one of the biggest issues in in family businesses is that is that the, the family members who are working in the business um, somehow believe that they have a different um, uh, or can sometimes believe that they have a different um, I guess um, position if you like or a different level of of uh, involvement in the business than someone who might be employed in similar roles in the business. That, that, in fact, that's not the case. Just because you're an owner, if you're a worker in the business, then you, you know you you really should be um, uh, giving the same input and getting the same result as, as someone who might be employed into that position. And if you're not, then you know I think it's very um, it's it's a great uh, situation where whoever the CEO is of your business to be able to talk to you and say, okay, well you know this is not working out. You know you're not you, you, we're not getting what we need from you. Either we need to you know upskill you or put you in a different position, or you know or maybe it, it's time that you you went off and, and did something else, and we can employ somebody into that position. And I've, I've certainly seen that happen in a number of businesses where brothers have been involved, and in the end, you know, there's been a discussion, and one of the brothers has left because they really they just their head's not in it. They just not they're not um, really committed to the business in the way that they should be, and and the business has just flourished after that's happened. So I'm not saying that's what needs to happen on, on all farm businesses, and, and certainly it's I hope that's not the case. But but you know it, it really really is important to make the distinction between um, your role and, and requirement as an owner and your role and requirement as someone who works within the business. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure it could also happen as well, Greg, where you've got someone who might might uh, have 40 years of odd experience on running a farm and they're maybe entering an age in their 70s. Um, so enormous experience. Um, but also they're, they're wanting to slow down, but they're, they're, they're still taking a lot of responsibility as the worker, but maybe not doing the job. That that um, they they once did twenty thirty years ago, correct? And that's yeah, you're yeah. Also causing um, problems within the business, with the, particularly, and a lot of these a lot of these conflicts can start opening up too between the uh, the younger generation and old generation because you've got the younger generation having a big vision that wants to take the, the the business one place, and and the older generation having a vision that that is nothing like the younger generation's vision. So you can start seeing a lot of these conflicts start opening up, correct? Yeah, it's in a generational. Uh turnover in, in farming businesses is a major problem and, and you know I think one of the things that you, that you, everyone needs to recognise is that as you age and um, your your attitude in, in most cases your attitude to risk and your attitude towards the capital that, that you've that you've accumulated in the, in the farming businesses changes as you as you move to uh, towards retirement then for most people they become more concerned about about capital preservation and and let, they, they become less um, more risk averse, they they don't they're less um, uh, willing to take on um, change or, or or things that might create a bit more risk in the business. And whereas for the for the younger generation that's coming in, they they have a real in most cases have a real requirement to to make a mark and to you know to to stamp their own. Um, I guess imprimatur, if you like, or you know, make the business their own, and, and often they can see uh, things that can be can be 
done to, to change the business to to in their thought um, you know, or in their belief to improve it and, and to take it forward and you know they because they've got their whole working life in front of them they don't mind taking a bit more risk they've got plenty of time to recover if it doesn't work quite properly uh, quite as well as they expected and and so you know that there's this great conflict between the older generation who are more interested in capital preservation and the risk averse and the younger generation who are, are more interested in, in making a mark and taking a risk and you know having time to recover and that can cause you know significant um, areas of disagreement within the intergenerational farm and um, and often leads to quite a lot of conflict so you know it, it's an area that really needs to be managed because um, there's no doubt that the the this experience the life experience of the older generation is is of great value when it comes to tempering the the decisions that are made about changes to enterprises or, or, or the way that things are done but by the same token the younger generation that's coming in have you know have a fresh set of eyes and and and, uh, and vigor and you know a, a different perspective and and so that needs to be honored as well and and, and ideally in the end um, you know a a, a, um, a, a a position be reached where where both parties are satisfied and and both parties can can get out of it what they want to get out of it and, and that requires communication and negotiation and and you know it's really um, something that's in a lot of cases done fairly poorly in, in intergenerational farms yeah and I think this is a major component to even succession planning which is really um, bridging clarity and alignment between all shareholders of the business and, and really getting clear on, on who, who wants what and how can we create a win-win. Um, so all parties can actually win. And, and I truly believe this can be found if you put the, 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 the time in and in some cases, Greg, maybe um, engaging outside support to, to assist you in that process. And uh, I think we'll do a uh, podcast on this topic at another time because we can really drill into this. But I just wanted to come down a... A notch, and we've got. If you can appreciate, we've got a big box up the top. We've got the shareholders, and really, um, in, if we were to look at a professional company um, on the, say, the New York Stock Exchange, there's going to be a CEO, and the, the, if you like, the CEO report up to a board. The board are responsible to the shareholders. The shareholders really all they care about in the end. If you're going to invest money into a business, you want to return on your money. Um, but if we just take for a moment this this job role of a CEO, Greg, I mean, what are some of the responsibilities of, of a CEO? Chief, Chief Energy Officer, I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, well, a CEO really has the ultimate responsibility for making sure that the strategic direction and requirements of the, the board um, are met. Um, yep. That's that's really, in the end, they're a, generally they're a board appointment and, um, you know, their task is to, is to deliver on the strategic objectives that are set by the board. Yeah. And listen, it's, we, we, we think it's really, really important that someone has their name, um, uh, someone is tagged the CEO. It's, not, it, it's got to be almost dropping the ego of, oh, I want to be the CEO. It's nothing, it's nothing to do with that. It's who is the best person within this business to operate as that ultimate decision maker that's going to have that final call on the strategic direction of this particular business. Now, there is a role that sits below the CEO. Um, which is a game changer for your business, and this is the, the implementation manager. Now, Greg, um, how if you were to give a 60-second uh, snapshot on, on the role of the implementation manager, how would you define that role? So the implementation manager is really, their focus is inward in the business. Their, their focus is really to look at all of the, the moving parts of the business and make sure that they're all working um, as effectively as they, as they can. So whereas the, the CEO's vision is, is more outward they're more they're more looking at the opportunities and and um 
and the um, the bigger picture, if you like, for the business to 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 make sure that the the, the, the board's vision and and directives are, are upheld, um, but also to look for opportunities and 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 make sure that the the big relationships for the business, uh, marketing relationship relationships and so forth. Are well maintained. The implementation officer, their view is inward. Uh, they're looking at the at the people um, and the and the um, infrastructure um, that uh, that is actually used to 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 run the business and to, to make the business uh, tick on a day to day basis and, and make sure that all of those functioning parts uh, are working as well as they can. Absolutely, and I I almost like to describe it like you're on a you're on a battleship and you've got the pirate out the front saying this way, charge this way. That's the CEO making the decision as to the direction of the business and they're yelling back to the person steering the ship and the person that's got to organise all the crew to turn the ship and start moving the ship in the direction of the CEO. So the implementation manager's got to pull everything together to make sure that the vision that the CEO's created is actually going to be manifested. It's, it's creating this traction within the business and, as Greg said, ensuring that all the moving parts are taken care of. And so... And then so we've got, we've got the shareholders, we've got the CEO, we've got the implementation manager. And now if we break it down into an organisational chart, um, and I'm just going to give the headings here, but we've got, we've got a marketing team, we've got an operation or a production team, we've, we've got an, an administration team that needs to ensure that everything's being done, we've got a, a finance team, and we've also got a human resource team. And if we're just for a moment, um, and, and we're not going to spend an enormous amount of time on this, but we will attach for you um, below in the, in the notes of this particular podcast a fantastic document that's going to really break down these roles to give you a great overview as to really what has to happen um, to run a great business. And, and um, by you working on your organizational chart and clarifying each position in the business, it will start helping you understand how to get this whole thing working like a well-oiled machine. And so if we look at a, a marketing manager, and I'll, I'll give a quick snapshot of, of this, Greg, and I'll get you to maybe overview the operational production manager. But from a marketing manager perspective, I mean, this is not applicable to all farms, but for, for some farms, they're going to need a marketing division. They're going to need a website. They're going to need to focus on targeting customers. They might need a social media presence, a Facebook presence. And this, this is a specific skill set. Um, there's going to be an, an element of, well, how do we get customers? How do we sell to those customers? How do we expand that business? How do we, how do we sell more, etc.? So there's a real skill, and it's important that you have that. If you do need a marketing department, it's important that you, you're clear on well, who's in charge and what do they need to do. And then we really move over to one of the most critical roles within a business, um, in, in any business, by the way, is, is really operations, Greg, production manager. And um, what, what would you say are some of the key responsibilities and, and roles of an operational slash production manager on a farm? So the production manager, their, their key task is to, is to ensure that, the, that the, the, uh, the production targets for the enterprise that they're in charge of are being met. So for a larger farming business, for example, that might have a, a cropping um, and, and grazing uh, livestock enterprise, uh, enterprises within them, then you might have a cropping manager 
and you might have a, a, a livestock manager that, and they have different roles. So the, the livestock manager obviously overviews the, the livestock enterprise and uh, makes sure that the people that um, are employed in the business to, to do the day-to-day work within that livestock enterprise are, are doing what they should do uh, when they should do it and, and in the way that they should do it. Um, and similarly, the cropping manager is, is, is looking at the same situation within his enterprise. Uh, that he's got control of as well. So, and, and obviously, those managers uh, will talk to each other because there are, there's you know there's a re- level of requirement for integration between those enterprises um, with uh, within the business. But um, but you know their their, so- their main responsibilities are to make sure that those those enterprises that they are in charge of are run effectively and that the, the sort of production targets that uh, have been set for um, those um, enterprises are, are as much as possible met. Yeah. And how important is it, Greg, for that operational team to have clarity around like a yearly planner when they, when they know when they're going to do specific tasks on the farm? Um, how organised is, is, does that person need to be? Yeah, they need to be very organised because if, you're, if, you are, um, if you've got a, a team of people that you're leading and, and uh, um, they need to know what it is that they should be doing at any particular time, they need to be able to see what it is they should be doing today. What what they what's coming in the next few weeks? You know what um, what the overall um, plan is for the year. What, they can you know they need to be seeing how it all fits together. Um, people people work well when they have an understanding of 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 how of what they're doing and how they fit in to the scheme and, and what their roles and responsibilities are. So the the more clearly that's defined, um, the more effective people are. Yeah, and just for a moment, Greg, let's just say we've got a family business and let's just say we've got a really people-oriented brother. He loves people, he loves chatting, and he's great with people, uh, but they lack organisational skills and they lack um, detail. And but, but for some reason or another, that particular role falls on that brother because, again, very typically, um, a lot of farmers and wing it, okay? That's, that's just the reality. Um, and not just farmers, but people in business, but all of a sudden this person's in charge of this particular role. How much chaos could that create for the whole business? Yeah, it can, can cause a lot of chaos. I mean, you want, you want people in those implementation roles that, that head up, head up the, the enterprises and, and like the managers of the enterprises and particularly, and the, particularly the, um, the implementation manager, you want those people to have high follow-through. In other words, they, they want to be detail-focused. They want to be, um, they want to be able to stick with the task and, until it's completed. They want to, you know, they, they do need to be, um, they do need to be people with, with what, as I say, I would, I would term them as having high follow-through. Absolutely. And so that's a very dedicated role. This is a key area within your business. It's almost like you've got your your backs being the marketing team and now we've got the forwards being the operations team. And then all of a sudden, Greg, we've got head of, if you like, administration or support within the business. And just, I mean, it's, it's such a simple, small role that, for example, someone's got to clean the sheds, right? Someone's got to maintain the yards. Now, um, I mean, this is these are administrative roles, correct? That that are very important for the function of, of any business. And how important is that role, Greg? Just to have someone really in charge of maintaining and ensuring that all the all the admin, all the stuff that has to happen that goes on around, it's not necessarily income producing, but it's such a critical piece to, to a business. And, and um, you know, clarifying really what has to happen in that role and and who is in charge of, of not just managing that role but, but um, responsible for doing what at, at certain times. You'd agree that's a vital role. It is vital, yeah. There's, I mean, you know, we, we, when any, we, all businesses survive by, by outputting something or other. Um, in, the face, in the case of farming businesses, it's generally outputting, they're, they're producing commodities for, for sale and, 
and you know the, and with all outputs there's there's a lot of inputs as well so you know the, managing those inputs the procurement of inputs making sure that everything's uh, the people have got what they need to do the job that they need to do um, when they need to do it you know that that falls to um, administrate administrative people to some degree it also falls to the managers of the, the various enterprises as well so there has to be a communication between those 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 levels of the organizational tree if you like but um, yep the administrate the, the more and more the, the bigger businesses get the more and more administration there is uh, to make them function properly Absolutely. And then we move along again, Greg, and let's just for a moment go Chief of Finance or the Head of the Finance Department. What are some of their roles and responsibilities? Well, this is a very important uh, role in any business. It's obviously making sure that um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the the products that are sold are, are paid for in a, in a timely fashion and, and, and correctly, and it's also making sure that you know that the bills uh, that um, are incurred by the, the business are also paid in a timely fashion. I mean, in the end, um, it's the creditors of, of any business that actually keep them alive. You know, the relationship that you have with your creditors is is vital, and um, the best the better relationships you can have with your creditors, um, the better the business will be. And 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 so you know, making sure that the the business has the has their bills paid on time, that um, their invoices that they've uh, that they've sent out or the stock the product that they've sold is paid for on time, absolutely vital to the the cash flow and the, and the maintenance of a healthy business. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And um, if you don't have clearly defined roles, Greg, and let's just for a moment assume everyone's out there and we're working away, and then all of a sudden a key piece of machinery breaks down on the farm that you're needing to run your business. And if you don't have someone's name attached to fixing that piece of machinery and there's not a responsibility, well, you're in charge, um, what are some of the complications that may arise because there's no one's name attached to that particular task? It's a major problem. It's a, it's a really major problem. I mean, basically what happens is, is, that, is that if nobody has responsibility for um, a particular area in a business, then that area will basically be left um, to some sort of ad hoc input, so in, in a lot of cases it gets ignored because everybody just says, "Well, it's not my responsibility." So, you know, it's 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 a major issue, and also from the point of view of the organisation uh, itself, if 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 there's not areas of the business that that somebody has responsibility for, then how does somebody who is the implementation manager, for example, or that, that wants to know why it is that a particular area of the business is is not functioning as it should, or why a particular thing hasn't been done? Um, as well as it should be, who do they go to? You know, if nobody actually has been given responsibility for that area, um, you know, there's nobody that they can actually go and hold accountable for the performance in that area. So, so it's 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 vital that that there there you know that, that there is a clear understanding of the roles and responsibilities within within the business, um, so that there you know there is that 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 opportunity to be able to hold people accountable for performance in in in, in all areas. Yeah, I mean, it's just, if, if, I hope you can see the, the power of getting away and actually capturing every single thing that happens on your farm and then segmenting it into various blocks and creating an organisational chart and having someone's name responsible for, here's, your, here's where you're sitting, here's where I want you to focus, here are your list of things that you're responsible for. So, And then ultimately putting in a management structure that falls back ultimately on the well, implementation uh, uh, manager first, but then the CEO. I mean, the CEO, if something's not getting done, it, it ultimately falls back on them um, to, to, to ensure that, look, this, this machine is running. And, and when you get this in place, Greg, I mean, it significantly re- reduces stress. It significantly improves team morale. 
it, it, it gets it brings significantly more focus, more happiness, and um, bottom line, uh, this will, will have a significant impact on your bottom line. Correct. Yeah, that's right. And look, you might be listening, and you might be a, a sole owner. You, you know, you might be the only person that that is responsible that owns and, and runs your business. And you might be thinking, well, this just doesn't apply to me. I just can't see how this is relevant. Well, it's very, very relevant because what I can say to you is that there will probably be, if, if you are going to progress in business um, over the course of your career, um, there will there will come a time where you you probably won't be able to do everything. Um, the business will grow, and and you'll get to the, to a physical limit. You won't be able to do everything. If you have a very clear understanding of what the organisational chart is within your business, even though you might be responsible for currently responsible for all of the roles, and 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 um, and you know and uh, take everything on, um, there will there will come a time when you might want to start delegating some of that um, that activity and some of those roles to, to other people. And if it's if those roles and structure is clearly defined for your business, it's very very easy to say, okay, well look, I'm you know I really don't enjoy doing. The, um, the books for this business. Um, I think I could probably employ somebody to do a better job than I than I can to actually do the physical um, da- um, data entry in, into for the cash books and so forth. I, I obviously I still want the the overview, the, the the summary data that's coming out of those books on a monthly basis. But I don't think I need to be involved in in actually the, doing the books. Um, you know, this is what I need. I need to employ somebody that has this skill set to do this particular take on this particular part of the business. And it becomes very very easy to to define exactly the type of person that you want, to then go ahead and write the job description um, for the person that you want to employ, and 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 hopefully then or potentially find exactly the right person to do the job that you're, you're wanting them to do. Yeah, you're on the money, Greg. And I remember years ago I was listening to a guy um, who now runs a, a multi multi million dollar company, and and he was saying when he started out, he 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 defined all the roles, and he he uses this funny story and. He would work in, for example, marketing and sales on Monday, Tuesday, um, say operations Wednesday, Thursday, and, he, and, and, and on Friday was his finance day and admin day. And he actually said that what he did was by segmenting the days and clarifying when he was able to work on things, he actually specifically said he moved to a different desk to be in a different energy and think, think differently. So he's, he's got a marketing and sales hat on one day and then he's in operations and it's a different skill set and he said um, there was one occasion when someone rang through and said I'd like to talk to the accounts person and Brad was the accounts person Brad was the name of the, the owner and um, and it was a Tuesday or something he said look I'm really sorry but um, our accounts person doesn't come in till Friday uh, you'll have to, we'll have to, you'll have to call back then and he used that as an example to say you know you, you, it really is powerful once you actually segment the roles and then actually start planning and scheduling time when you're going to focus on these roles because they all need to be done to run a great business and Greg uh, typically when, a, when an owner starts out uh, we see this all the time they're, they're jumping they're one minute they're, they're thinking about the direction next minute they're doing a little they're in operations or 80% of their time in operations and, oh my goodness the bass is due so you're over in finance and whilst you're over in finance I mean you're jumping all over the place and, and it gets very overwhelming and it's very, very tiring and this is where the business starts controlling you. You're not controlling it. And then what you do, um, and, and some people get to a place where they throw their arms, arms in the air and they go, I, I can't handle this, I need to employ someone. And so what you do is you employ someone but you don't have any clarity on where they should focus. And then they start jumping all over the place. They're doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you've got these two like grasshoppers jumping all over the place, bouncing into each other but really... 
it's it almost creates more problems because you've got to then go and fix all the problems that they're creating because they're not doing their job properly. And it's just this this um, machine, and, and then and then you throw your hands, arms up in the air and you go, you know what? They're hopeless. The, 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 the easy decision is you, you'll probably think, oh, I'm employing someone stupid. I I can't handle it. Um, and so you sack them and you go back to working 90 hours a week um, to, to do everything on, your, on yourself again. And this is an extreme example, Greg, but, but um, you know, you, we, we all see this, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a very common, it's a common situation, unfortunately. Um, and, and just getting, you know, just having that clarity around the business and, and all of its moving parts and, and what's required in each of those areas just, just is, is such a powerful way of, of starting to then get your, get your head around, you know, what, what, what are the skill sets that I require? And, and, and not only that, but, you know, be honest with yourself and say, what, what is it that I'm good at? What, what do I like doing and what am I good at? Because in the end, you know, the, the, your role as a, as a business owner, if you're working in your business, is to, is to, you know, is to spend as much time as you can in the areas that you're good at and that you enjoy doing. And, and so, you know, over time, you can, you can get your business to a situation where, where you can spend, you know, the majority of your time in the areas that you're good at and, and that you enjoy doing, and you can have other people uh, in the organisation that are spending their time in the areas that they're good at and they enjoy doing as well. And that, that's the ultimate business because in that situation, and then, you know, everybody is, is working effectively because they're, they're working on tasks that they enjoy, um, they're working on tasks that they're good at, um, and, and, and that means that the output from each of those areas will be very high. Yeah, and you, it's a very rewarding um, situation when you've got a team of, of people that know what they're doing and they're all working, you're all working together towards a common goal. There's agreement, there's clarity, there's alignment, and you've got, if you like, a machine that's very powerful. It builds momentum, and, and, and over time it just becomes very amazingly profitable but also extremely stress-free. So that, for me, is the ultimate gain in, in running a great business. So... Um, really, for me, if I had to summarise best next steps, please download um, this information that we're providing for you. We've had an attempt at defining some of these roles, but get away. Get away from your business. Look at it from a 30,000-foot view and really clarify what has to happen in each role. What does is, what is your organisational chart need to, to look like? Put the time into it, and, and just the mere fact of doing that will, will really help you um, and, and then help put names next to who's got to do what. Um, that's that's the advice that I would would like to end this podcast with. And, and Greg, do you have any uh, final thoughts or comments that you would suggest? Yeah. So so always remember it's organisation first, and then people second. So so look at your organisational structure first. Define define the overall. Um, structure that 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 actually describes your business as it currently is, or or the business as it needs to be to get you towards your strategic um, longer term goals. Um, make the structure as simple as it possibly can be. Don't don't overcomplicate it. So it needs to be the, the simpler the structure, the better in, in most cases. Um, and then once you've got the the structure defined and, and the roles and of each of the positions um, written down, um, then basically. Um, put the names in and, and and when you're putting the names in put the names in of the people who are currently performing those those each of those uh, areas and then think very carefully about well are they the best people in those roles are they effective at what they're doing are you know do they understand the role the roles they're supposed to be 
um, fulfilling? Um, do they want to be doing those roles? And, and you know, do they? Is it something that they really um, have a passion for? Because if not, then then over time that that won't have a, a a great positive effect on your business. And it might well be that you know discussions need to be had, particularly if it's within a family business. Discussions might need to be had that, about the roles that people are currently filling. You might find that, that that some of the family members are actually just doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and that uh, by reshuffling the seats and and having open and honest discussions with everybody you might find that there's a better solution uh, waiting for you. So so I think that's that's the, the advice that I would give. Absolutely. And please also remember, someone's got to be the, the manager and the coach of that business. Someone's yep. got to be strategic enough to look outside and look at who are the players and, and um, what's our objective. So very important in running a great business. So thank you for tuning in for this. Um, hope that that was useful. And thank you, Greg. Uh, thanks, Andrew. We'll speak to you all next time. See you soon.